Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by the United Ways of Chautauqua County. United Way is a nonprofit organization that mobilizes the community to help every person and family improve their lives. Donations to the United Way stay 100% locally in our community and get invested in more than 40 community-based programs. These programs help students achieve academic success, families to be self-sufficient and financially stable, and vulnerable households to get their basic and emergency needs met. The United Ways of Chautauqua County, proud supporters of community radio in Jamestown, New York. To learn more, visit uascc.org or call 716-483-1561. You are tuned in to Arts on Fire right here on 107.9 WRFA. How you doing out there? I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you. We have an interview right now with the band Olive Dares the Darkness. They will be coming to uh, Jamestown here, performing at the Beer Snob July 15th. So I uh, thought we would talk a little music, get to know more about the band, get you ready for that show here next month. How is everybody doing? Uh, outstanding. We're doing great. Perfect. I mean, let's, you know what, let's start off real quick. I do have half the uh, band, Olive Dares the Darkness, with us. Just so people can kind of familiarize your, uh, you know, name and voice and everything, you both want to give us your name and what you do in the band? Sure. My name is Becca Darling, and I am the lead singer, keyboard player, and sometimes guitar player. And, and I, I'm Mike. Uh, I'm the guitar player, primary grunter. I grunt a lot, <laughs> and I do all of the programming. Yes. Nice, nice. Who else? Who, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, you are a four piece. Who else uh, do you have in the band with you? Uh, Danielle Carlson is our drummer. She stresses that she's a percussionist, not a drummer, but per- drummer is a state of mind, and she's definitely <laughs> drummer. Uh, and then we have my brother Ken uh, on bass. Very nice, very nice. That's that's the uh, that is Olive Dares the Darkness. What what has a uh, twenty? You know, we're kind of we're kind of at the halfway point here now. What is uh twenty twenty three been like for the band? What have uh, what has Olive Dares the Darkness been up to so far this year? I hooked up with a, a producer uh, in Hungary. Um, oh wow! Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of a really long, complicated story, but uh, and so I've been really kind of honing my production uh, skills, and so we've been kind of getting ready to release another album. Uh, we're looking at probably. November or December, um, but we had just released our new our new single, and we're just really working on that and excited to get some new music out. Yeah, so we've been kind of in the we take a little bit of time off in the winter months uh, to do some writing, take a break from playing out so much. So that that was a really productive time for us in in continuing to complete material for the upcoming album. Where where is the uh, band located? Where is where did uh, all of the darkness uh, form? All of dares the darkness form at uh, Charleston, South Carolina. I like we can be all of it. Where did all of the darkness coalesce? <laughs> the darkness coalesce. Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> where it lives and it has a drawl. <laughs> but none of us are south. That's right. <laughs> we have a town, but we all prefer warmer climates. <laughs> yeah, me and the bass player from Frewsburg, New York. I actually know. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so yeah, the local connection. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny too because as you were just talking about kind of taking those winter months and like writing and stuff. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like down where you're at now. I mean, may, maybe weather plays less of that, but maybe you brought it from up here because I always ask people that 
when they live in, be it Western New York, I don't know if I'm talking to somebody and they you know, live over in like Chicago or something like that, those winter months when you can't do a lot or you can't go out, they're kind of good for creativity. I mean, do you, do you feel a little like you tend to, I know, I know you just said you kind of took that time to write music, but generally the winter months, is that a, do you feel more productive in that time? Because some people really do. They take those down months and they just write everything during that and then just get ready for you know, basically summer and as things start to kind of get a little nicer. Absolutely. So, well, things kind of, you know, I mean, we're kind of on the cusp down here, not going to lie. So, I mean, February, for example, you it might be beautiful the entire month or it can get pretty frigid depending on what's going on up north. Now, I say frigid, but like, what, 30 degrees is frigid for us, okay? <laughs> they close the pool if it's us. They do. <laughs> they actually do yeah. because, uh, uh, because of busing. But, you know, that's a whole different story. Um, but... So we do have some definite colder months where it's not as much fun to be outside, but we also, you know, can take that inspiration and like hit the beach on a nice windy day and and get some of that inspiration out in the form of music. So it has its ups and downs. Anytime you have an opportunity to kind of sit around and like just write music together, uh, we, we definitely take it. So if we're not gigging, we're writing. Very nice. Very nice. Did you, uh, you know, I know you, you just said you uh, play in the band with your brother. So I guess, I guess that part, you probably knew him before the band. But before that, did all of you kind of know each other before forming the band? Or did you all kind of get to know each other from, from uh, forming this band? That's a funny question. So um, Mike and I met each other on Craigslist. Not <laughs> nice. Even. And people are like creepy. And we're like, we know. <laughs> we totally get it. Uh, but on the musicians page in uh, in Charleston, and I, you know, I always say I, I kissed a lot of frogs till I found my <laughs> friend, <laughs> my musical friends. Um, but that's how we met, and so it was a very fast connection and very musical and creative right from the get go. Um, and then around this time, uh, we're both music teachers, so um, yeah, so I got hired uh, to work at a school of music. And believe it or not, one of the the ladies that I worked with, um, she was the concert band, percussion, and piano instructor, is Danielle Carlson, who is our drummer. So um, we all three kind of worked in that musical setting. And so when we weren't busy teaching kids music, then we would go and do our own thing. Nice, nice. Did you, uh, like the beginning of the band, going going back to those like early days, I mean, was it pretty immediate like writing music playing shows or is that kind of more of a kind of like slower progress did you kind of like i don't know kind of ease into the band or was it like right away just hit the ground running uh so beck and i immediately clicked um we just have naturally complementary writing styles so we actually because we live in charleston south carolina played in a uh, a two-piece acoustic duo for a long time and we would like we would bring our computer with for backing tracks. And eventually we just started like slipping weird stuff in. <laughs> like nine, we do like, you know, like Steely Dan and John Denver. And then we'd be like, this is closer by nine and Chanel. <laughs> and then people were like, wow, what was that? And so then we started developing the band from the weird stuff. You know, I, I'm sure uh, I'm sure influences differ from like member to member. I, I feel like sometimes when you like ask this, People almost, you know, 
I don't know, I like this, they like this, but like, what are, what are some of like some common musical influences that you share? Like, and I know there's only two of you here, but I mean, are there some influences you think like all four of you could probably agree on musically, like things that kind of connect you all musically? Yeah. Our drummer is the real outlier here. So <laughs> Musical theater and that's all. Musical theater and really? drum core. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This she, girl is off her rocket. She had no intention of ever being in a band. She always <laughs> says, like, I don't know how I got here. I mean, she's built. Don't get me wrong. She's built for the life, but she has no idea how she got here. <laughs> so her musical <laughs> taste aside, um, you know, we kind of lean heavily into, like, the 80s new wave thing. Uh, I think we can all get behind a band like Susie and the Banshees. Talking oh, nice. Talk- Absolutely. Nice nails. Yeah. Um, that kind of industrial era tool yeah, that we're all yeah. big fans of. Um, well, Rush. Big, big Rush fans. Rush yeah, yeah. Oh, very yeah. nice. The whole progressive rock movement. Yeah, we have pretty eclectic tastes. My brother is into the weirdest stuff you've ever heard. Like, just bizarre. <laughs> like, like strange electronic funk music that's with a guy screaming in German in the background. It's just <laughs> weird stuff. Um yeah. Yeah, but for the most part, those are the mainstream influences. What's your big one? Bronsky Beat? Bronsky Beat. That's your big one that you love? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big typo negative guy. I just got the typo negative tattoo yesterday. That's right. Oh, nice, nice. You're, uh, you know, Jamestown, like I was saying, we got you here July 15th, but I know that's not your only show. It's part of your uh, summer tour that's starting up here uh, very soon. Are you you pretty much ready for that tour? Do you have the, you know what the set list is going to look like? You kind of know how everything's going to go? If, if yesterday's uh, rehearsal is an indication, no. <laughs> we'll be fine. I mean, this is part of the course for us. But we we're just all of us, because as teachers, the school year is officially wound down. So we're trying to get rehearsals in before the end of it. And we're just burned out. So we have we have all of the pieces in place. We're, we're good. But like, yeah, we're, we're itching to just get moving. Absolutely. We've been playing together a long time. So that that really helps us you know, in terms of coming together quickly and whatnot. So we're excited to get out on the road. That's for sure. Where else will, uh, where else will you be playing on top of Jamestown? Where else will you be playing next month? Uh, well, we're starting here on the 30th. That's our, our send off. And then we have a couple weeks to kind of get all of our affairs in order. And we're heading North and then we're playing Erie, Pennsylvania on the 14th, Jamestown on the 15th, Buffalo, uh, the 16th. And then we're in Pittsburgh, the 20th. And then we're in Cars- Carborough, uh, North Carolina. Uh, this is kind of like our crown jewel as a band. We're playing a place called the uh, the Cat's Cradle, and that place is not oh, breaking man. Oh, no, I know exactly where you're talking. That place is le- – I actually have a friend who lives down there who wants me to uh, get down there for a show. That is a very legendary uh, venue. You yeah. should get down there for our show. That's right. We'll that might be there. the show. That You know what? I think that may be the show to go down there for. That might Maybe yes. maybe go break it in with that. that that's, that's really rad you're playing there. Yeah, yeah, we're we're crazy pumped. I mean, like I don't, I have no idea how we landed it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we look good on paper, I guess, but like, <laughs> no, I mean, if people don't know, I mean, that is literally a historical. I mean, including like, I mean, even just like in the world of indie rock and stuff, there's so many just historic bands and stuff who've played down there, and yeah, that that is quite the venue to be playing at. That's the that that's pretty neat to uh, have you come here, play Jamestown, and then go play a place like Cat's Cradle. Very very cool. Yeah. Super pumped. People that I know online, uh, who I only know in a very passing kind of way because I interact with them on like, you know, 
social promotion and stuff. When they saw that, they were like, oh, my God, you're playing there? And I'm, at that point, I didn't even know what it was. So I was like, yeah, fine. What's the big deal? And then I started to see, I'm like, oh, wait, this is a big deal. Uh, and I knew it was important, but this other this uh, record label out of uh, Nashville, Tennessee, actually contacted us and wanted to hook it up, hook it up for us. They did all they did all the heavy lifting. Nice, nice. that that helps out. That definitely uh, that definitely makes it a little easier. As far yeah. as do you do you guys get to tour much as a band? I mean, and and it sounds like I mean being teachers, I'm sure that it takes up a lot of your time as well. But does the band like generally summertime is that touring time to get out of do you get out a good amount? Yeah, that is touring time. So we all, you know, like most bands, we got a nine to five to contend with. <laughs> Health benefits, 401k. So, 403b. <laughs> <laughs> no pensions here. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, but that kind of, you know, it kind of structures our year as a band. We know when our busy times are. And so we know when it's time to write, we know when it's time to rehearse, and we know when it's time to start setting up tours for the summer. And we've all done a good job of car, and we're lucky to have that time. You know what I mean? Not everybody gets significant time off to to go tour like that. And let's face it, Charleston is miserable in the summer. So <laughs> I think what we can do to get out of here and yeah. go north yeah. is okay by me. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond uh, beyond music, do uh, either of you have any other like creative outlets, or do you feel like all your creative energy kind of goes into music? Wow, that's a heavy. Question. Oh, I know. I was like, oh my- <laughs> Throwing you on the spot there. Or yeah, so I mean, I can't say. Um, you know, I mean, I did grow up doing a ton of theater, and I know Danielle is still very much into musical theater, and I think that plays a part in our musical stage presence and what we present on the stage. And that's a good outlet for us. Um, but the short answer is no, everything we have goes into <laughs> every ounce of remaining energy creative yeah. goes into music. But I would say we both, especially well, all of us, like we really dive into different genres, everything from classical to marching band to um, I do a lot of folk music, you know, so it's, we're just kind of all over the place and that makes it fun. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. The, uh, you know, for like you're talking about, you know, writing, writing new music and everything. How about the songwriting process for the band? Is there generally, would you say there's a typical way that a song gets written for the band or does it kind of change up from song to song? Uh, it changes between from song to song, but we have a pretty standard formula, I think. Um, usually, usually some member of the band comes forward and says, Hey, I had this musical idea and it can be in the form of a riff or like a, a programmed loop. And we kind of fiddle about with it. And then, um, Beck and I take it back to my, back to my home studio and we begin to flesh out what the, the format's going to be. And then once she has the format, she takes it and begins to write a vocal melody to it. And then we bring it back. And then we usually do some songs. You write the majority of the lyrics, but then we kind of do it together. And then we bring that back to the band. And then the band finishes the project. Yeah. That's the format. I, you, know, you know, I just said it can go any way. And I told you a very specific way. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Get what I said. It can't. That's exactly the way it happens. Every <laughs> yeah, you just you just written out. You just uh, you you told us the blueprint. How to uh, if if anyone out yeah. there wants to write an Olive Dares the Darkness song, there you go. That's how you do it. 
You know, I, I, this is another one I like, uh, kind of going off of that. This is always kind of interesting to hear from uh, musicians because it really does truly differ, but like that recording side of music, do you enjoy kind of playing around tweaking things like where you can work for hours and hours trying to get like a drum tone you really like, or do you kind of other music, some musicians enjoy that others kind of see recording as we go in, we get done so we can go perform them. Like, I mean, where, where do both of you kind of sit on that? Some people really love that studio experience. Some don't. Okay. I'm sure Mike has a ton to say, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) um, so, I think what's been neat for us is that in addition to growing as a band, going from an acoustic duo into what we are now, um, Mike's skills as a mixer and engineer have also grown uh, alongside those skills. So it's really another arm or another branch of our musicality. Um, And sometimes we'll do things in the studio that we don't do live. Right. And so we kind of like having that differentiation in our music. And because we do it, you know, at his home studio, it gives us time that other musicians may not have because they're paying by the hour. So they don't have a a choice other than to go in and lay it down. But we can, you know, lay something down and then experiment, like experiment on my Moog and see, you know, what cool synth patches we can put behind it or how do we want to layer these vocals and then we'll scrap it and redo it. So it, it gives us a lot of flexibility and freedom um because mike is a beast in the studio oh wow thank you yeah yeah i i am uh manic when it comes to stuff like that and i will lose days like literally my (laughs) wife will uh, like i will often go in and not come out until i'm like red-eyed and like like cannot sleep yeah so uh but i don't know if i'm if i'm chasing a tone or i'm just I don't know. I just have to, I don't see, I don't see the songwriting process as so much writing a song so much as providing the environment for the song to exist. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Right? Okay. Songs will go the way they want to go and you can foster that. And so that's kind of our process. You know, we let the song kind of just develop. And if that means I got to twiddle knobs for 24 hours straight, well, that's <laughs> what that process was. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sure does. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, you've probably by the sounds of it, it's like you you've really. I mean, I don't know if you recorded much before this band, but it sounds like this band has really kind of helped you hone in those those uh, pro- producing, mixing, just recording skills as a whole. I went to JCC in the nineties. Oh, nice! Uh, it's so gross to say that out loud. <laughs> um, and I don't I, I don't know if they still have it, but they used to have a really nice digital studio. And this was like very yep. kind of like they do and they just updated it. Oh, well, I've been there a long time <laughs> and they have a nice uh, like recording studio. So I got my start doing that. And then I remember I, w- I helped. Oh, I can't remember his name now. Bob, Bob Schlick. I, I don't know. Anyways, we did Jesus Christ Superstar and I helped with the sound for that and all those things. And after that, I took off and was a live sound guy for many years. I worked a lot of really kind of fairly big productions. Uh, but when this band took off, I was like, well, I guess it's time to get back into my recording shops and discovered that the entire landscape was different because <laughs> I I had recorded to like, you know, magnetic tape before. And now um, I'm recording to, you know, digital software. So and it was a different animal, but. 
Uh, it took some, and I tell you, some of the, the things that work great live are other mistakes in the studio. So I had to unlearn a lot of stuff. That is, re- that is really kind of interesting. I mean, cause it is, it is two different sides doing live sound versus going in and recording a band. I mean, it's definitely, it seems like two different monsters. Uh, yeah. Both very scary monsters. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, when you do live sound, there's a certain transience to it that's really nice. Like if someone makes a mistake, it exists for a second and it's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas when you're recording, things are immortalized and you have to have a, a level of attention that that uh, is to make sure those things don't happen. But when you have too much attention, then the song loses its life. It doesn't have any life anymore. So it's like balancing those two worlds a lot. Yeah, I I love uh, I love hearing about that side of things. It's always interesting, and yeah, I mean, including who better to talk to than I mean, not only you're performing in the band, you're also kind of doing the uh, you know the recording production side of things as well. So very yeah. very nice. Yeah, good but, job, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> We got we got all of Dares the Darkness coming up here uh, performing at the Beer Snob July fifteenth. I mean, where do we where do we send people now? I mean, they want to hear your music, follow you online, all that. Where do we go uh, find the band online? Uh, you can find us on all major streaming platforms. Just type us in, all of Dares the Darkness, and we will pop up. And our new obsession, uh, our new single obsession just dropped. So everything's out there. Very nice. Well, actually, we'll, uh, we'll probably play a song here right now as we, uh, as we end this. You'll probably hear it all of, I don't know what song. Actually, we'll probably play that one. We will uh, play you some All of Dares the Darkness and make sure you were there. We got them at the Beer Snob coming up July 15th. Anything else before we go? Is there is there anything else we have uh, missed? Either of you would like to uh, talk about before we uh, let the people go? Just want to give a shout out to the good people of Jamestown, and we're so thankful they're having us back. We lo- we played yeah. the Beer Snob last summer, and we loved it. It was hands down my favorite show. So we yeah. really look forward to uh, digging back in, and we're doing a full hour and a half set. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, we got Olive Dares the Darkness at the Beer Snob July 15th. I'll be back with more for you in just a second. You're tuned to Arts on Fire right here on 1079 WRFA.